curiosity not only killed the cat, it spawned a whole radio show. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. track and that was a single from the album real life by magazine which came out this month june in 1978 and also hello from june 2018 to people listening in the future grant smithies and myself we're going to tear this album apart i'll start off by saying god i love it yeah me too actually <laughs> and it's not the kind of thing i would normally love as much because i used to struggle with his sort of sneery vocals but yeah. some ways they're more appealing to me now than they used to be back in the day yeah he has a distinctive way of sing talking yeah he always sounds deeply tense mm. doesn't he yeah let's say who he is this is howard devoto and we go to the heart of the genesis of a lot of great music with him because he was a founder member and the front person for the buzzcocks out of manchester Yes, and even before that, he is always the character that gets name-checked as the man who organised the Sex Pistols playing in Manchester's Free Trade Hall oh. in the 70s, which is a hilarious occurrence because the audience for that show, I think they did two shows, expands every time you turn around. Actually, all these people going, yeah, yeah, I was there. <laughs> other musicians, you know, like half of every other band. Marky Smith was there, apparently, really was there. Right. And various other people that went on to crank up their own bands were in the Free Trade Hall when the Sex Pistols played. Yeah. But you've got to say, old um, Howard was, he was a sort of um, itchy, creative sort of character. Like he, by the time other people started to pile on to the punk sound, he'd already bailed. Like he made the Spiral Scratch EP with Buzzcocks, which is great. And then he was already sort of slightly over what he thought punk was about to become. So he peeled off and did, you know, form magazine. Very, very early on, he said, I've been there. I've done that. I want to do something else. And he bailed from the Buzzcocks. It's amazing because, okay, fair enough. I understand what you're saying, Howard. But it's not as if the Buzzcocks were just no-thinking punks spit at your band. They were just gloriously melodic and all over the place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were sort of a fast, rocked-up pop band. Indelible melodies and great lyrics, often about sort of sexual frustration and such like teenage things. They weren't just trying to sound sort of angry. Yeah, absolutely. Here's an experiment you can try at home, folks. Uh, put on a Buzzcocks track and slow it down if it's on 45 and slow it down to 33 and it turns into the Smiths. <laughs> Excellent. Good stuff. I like it. Yeah, but apparently old Devoto, he gave an interview to Melody Maker in 1978. The journalist asked him why he'd left Buzzcocks and he said, um, and why he'd ceased to make punk music ultimately, and he said, I was a bit bored with music that went blam, blam, blam. Yeah. And I was especially bored when I turned around and saw 50 other groups playing music that went blam, blam, blam. Yeah. <laughs> he achieved what he wanted to. He really did expand the sounds that he was capable of. Some of this sounds like Roxy music to me. And it, yeah. it just, it is 
it goes in marvellous directions. And I reckon one of the best beginnings to an album you could wish for uh, with Definitive Gaze. Yeah, yeah. Good thing, isn't it? It's a mad and brilliant arrangement, this song, I reckon. It travels a long way in four and a half minutes. You yeah, know, it starts yeah. off with that sort of really busy bass line. They also were trying to be a band that sounded music, uh, you know, like that valued inept musicianship or tried to turn that into a value. They're all kind of great players. Ooh, and, um, yeah. You know, great-ish. One all-time great, I think, but we'll talk about the guitarist later. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's got those thin, this song's got those thin trebly guitars that were almost compulsory for um, post-punk tunes of the era, I guess. But then it opens out into sort of triumphant-sounding electric guitar chords eh, and piano and a sort of weirdly fluffy synth line over the top. Yeah. <laughs> it's a full minute before the vocals arrive. So, oh. yeah, nice way to start a record. And uh, I think it's signature for this magazine album especially, and that's Howard DeVoto lines up all these strange ingredients. Prawns, mushrooms, orange, cheese, how is this all going to work? And you go, what is this? And then it all comes together and he cooks it in a nanosecond and boom! Then you've got the result in the middle when everything seems to line up. Yep, yeah, it's true. It does a lot on this album. It's amazing. Well, I mean, as is suggested by Definitive Gaze, I guess, it sounds like it's about a voyeuristic interest in another person. He's sort sort of talking about liking to watch someone uneasy and creepy like a lot of his lyrics now you're earning your, your money you're here to listen to the lyrics that's right thank you <laughs> no worries definitive games
That's the opening track from Magazine's Real Life. I think Magazine, along with Wire, at this time were probably really leading the bunch in exploring, well, not being tied to any box, but still having um, in their guts a real sort of urge and intensity. Yep. Okay, um, let's talk about the lineup. No one was to know it at the time how amazing the members of magazine from 1978 were because this is kind of like the first time they were doing anything really yep yeah yeah they went on to do interesting things after this band didn't they yeah as well as in this band well we'll talk about barry adamson who became very famous uh in his own bass guitar but john mcgill he went on to be in the banshees didn't he yeah and one of the most stunning guitarists yeah, yeah, and really central to the sound of this record all the way through, away. Eh? Yeah, and central to the sound of the Banshees when he moved on to them as well. Yep. And John McGurk, this amazing guitarist, he died in 2004 or something, I think. Um, right. Um, he's, he's been cited by so many people as a massive influence. Ed O'Brien, Radiohead, said he used to just play his records. And I'll try and learn how to play like John. You're right. And this is one of the first new wave bands that can actually get away with something you might be able to label as a guitar lead. Yeah, there's occasional things that almost tip over into soloing, of all things. Yeah. You know, I mean, they had art rock, sort of, as people like to also call it, ambitions as much as post-punk, don't you reckon? Oh, totally. The fact that there were people labelled as post-punk is just only saying really that they made their racket after punk had come (laughs) but it doesn't really tell you much about the sound apart from some things that have been lumped in with that whole style like those thin sounding guitars and things but as you were saying earlier the next song on here is a great example of this actually my tulpa Mm. Uh, other bits of it sound like early roxy music don't they actually from the sort of glossy synth sounds and sax 
mashed in there together, so it's a really full sound. It really makes me think of those great early Roxy records. Yeah, it really does, especially that trick of a bit of a sax solo, but only for about five seconds, and then the guitar will take over that, and then the synthesizer. Roxy did that uh, on their first album, you know? It's like... Yeah, yeah. They never uh, left too much room for something so... You would say repulsive, I dare say, as a saxophone solo. You're not a big fan of the saxophone, eh? No, sax free by 2050, but it doesn't go on too long. And it's not no. really a standard saxophone stuff. And it's played by John McGook as well. Oh, is it? Okay, all right. Yeah. This song sounds to me like um, it sort of drips with self-loathing, I think. You've got a sort of less attractive partner fancying someone who's well out of their league. He's singing things like... I'm so wretched and you're so fetching, you know, and he sings this song in a much more open, less uh, sneery way than some of the other tunes, but it's just as sinister, I think. Something I like is Howard Devoto's scanning, and he's always been really good at this. It sounds like natural spoken English yeah. as it goes with the rhythm, and I, I really rate that as a clever thing in lyric writing. Yep. Yep. Um, it's not shoehorned into the scanning or the melody or anything, or the phrasing, yep. and yep. it's a neat little line, you know. They say, you're a nice enough young man. You know, these sort of things that you would say ordinarily. <laughs> it just comes yeah, out he also says in here, um, it talks about the lust he's concealing, and he says, my skin will crawl back home to Ma. What a weird concept and line that is. Your skin crawling, but your skin will crawl back home to Mars. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll play segments of these, uh, the whole thing if we can, but segments just to show because um, I can't really find a dud on the album. Yeah, fair enough. This is my Tulka.
Mike Telpa, magazine. What is a Telpa? Hell, I don't know. I've often wondered that. Maybe it's mere culpa or something. Yeah, something strange is going on there. Yeah. I haven't tried looking it up. And then next on the record, just to finish you off, is shot by both sides. It's worth playing back-to-back a bit with the Buzzcocks version of the same guitar riff, don't you reckon? Yeah. There's Buzzcocks song called Lipstick where you hear the, exactly the same riff cranking away in the background. Yeah, I think he wanted to do that because damned if Devoto's going to uh, have this all to himself because Pete Shelley was bound to have written that guitar. Yeah. Line. both sides I think is a way more successful use of it personally. This is an example on real life. The last remaining fossils of a previous life that Howard Devoto had. Shot by both sides and 
the light pours out of me. Bits that he did with Pete Shelley that, okay, I'll, I'll stick them on magazine. And, but the l sort of last of the latent heat from that previous outfit. Radiohead and the live shows and Jarvis Cocker and all sorts of people have done their own versions on this song. Shot by Both Sides, probably the most famous tune from the debut album by Magazine. My word, they, uh, I think, were ahead of their time in 1978. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you all the way. Okay, we'll take a break and discuss Magazine, Howard DeVoto and a real talented bunch of cats that made up Magazine. Life, the universe, and everything in between. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. Real Life came out in June 1978, exactly 40 years ago. And it's still a, a ripper yeah. all the way through, actually. There's a few bits that I'm less excited by by others, but there's a great um, diversity of sound on here, I think, too. The closest they get to actually sounding more like a straight-ahead punk song in some ways is the next thing yeah. on here, eh? Recoil. R rattles along, fast and furious, but the bit I always loved in it years ago was it's thrashing along at high speed and then suddenly the chords drop away and Devoto says, off, yeah. and then a wee while later he goes, on, yeah. and it kicks back in again. That's the golden moment in the middle of the song, if you ask me. Yeah. Up. On. Okay, let's talk about Burst, because this, I think, sounds more like Roxy music than anything else. Listeners, just imagine Brian Ferry is singing it. It's really like something from the proggy, glam, early Roxy era. Like uh, It reminds me mostly of things like um, In Every Dream, Home a Heartache. Yeah. It's got that sort of um, vibe to it. It's not one of the things on here that I like the most, though. No. I don't know. It's just sort of the, probably the most skippable tune on the thing for me but similarity Roxy is really striking on it yeah it is uh, we'll play you a bit and look if you can imagine Brian Ferry singing it he even gets to say champagne which makes it even more convincing yeah and rhyme it with tantalisingly lame <laughs> <laughs> once you had this Clutched at a person of flames, and so you're smiling. 
which ends side one of Real Life by Magazine. There's lots of brooding, sort of menacing stuff here, and I wonder if Barry Adamson is responsible, in, or must be in at least some way for this. He went on to do solo stuff and play for Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and whichever band he was in or his own solo music, it does carry that sort of menacing, undercurrenty thing, doesn't it? That's true. That and the sort of vocal delivery help things swerve into that, direction even if the other instruments are doing something else altogether eh? it always feels sort of tense and uneasy and it sort of needles away at unpleasant areas of your psyche somehow i think motorcade's pretty famous off this record too i think it's primitive but it's effective something young bands could give a go at home <laughs> it's just the slow edging up of the tempo by the time you get two-thirds of the way through then in the keyboards are fanging away big time and there's that sort of vocal snarl and general unpleasantness to it it makes me think of the stranglers more than any other band yeah good when shot. it gets towards the end yeah just salute to john mcgook again the guitarist um he does do a guitar break but man it's shearingly savage god it's yeah. good yeah yeah in the back of his car Into the Nellan Void he shoots The man at the centre of the motorcade Has learned to tie his boots by magazine. 
We've got to take another break. Here come the commercials, unless you're listening on the podcast. You're tuned in. To Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. Albums from the class of 1978. Oh, oh, goody, goody. I said when it was decided mutually that we shall cover <laughs> Real Life by Magazine, their debut. They went on to do awesome other stuff too, but um, yeah. this one is a pretty much a standout, isn't it? It is. Devoto stopped making music for years and he was working away in a in a um, photo library for a long time, just uninvolved with the music making altogether. And then there was a bit of a... Um, burying of hatchets and things with uh, Pete Shelley at one stage and they did a few, couple of things together, like a duo project sometime in the last five or ten years. The heat had gone from their fire, I think, though. Yeah. I like Howard DeVoto in part because he looks weird. <laughs> he looks <laughs> like... He could be Brian Eno's cousin. You know, I reckon E.T. and Hilda Ogden's love child. You could be right. Yeah, there's something very pallid and... Alien about him. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And the way yeah. he sounds. Yeah. I don't know anything much about his background, but it's almost like a sort of disaffected toff, but I don't think he was a toff particularly. I don't Always think he strikes me as very intellectual, though. Yes. Yeah, if you read old interviews with him, he takes issue with the questions and doesn't suffer foolishness from journalists and so on, which is all very admirable, I dare say, no. even though I'm a foolish journalist myself. Um, no. <laughs> You don't have to be an asshole. Bob Dylan made that famous, and I blame him. Made what famous? Giving Being an asshole to journalists, just yeah. giving and shit Lou answers. Reed. Lou Reed. Oh, yeah, but he, I think he got it from Bob as well. Quite possibly. Yeah. Okay, I think it reflects Howard DeVoto's weirdness. Great beautician in the sky. Yeah, this is like a sort of dyspeptic circus waltz. It's like Bertolt Brecht's cabaret vibe to me, this song. I think it's got a bit of, for the benefit of Mr. Kite as well. Definitely. There's the circus aspect. Yeah, yeah it's a sort of, you've taken some acid and gone along to see a circus and then things have gone sideways in a way that not how you'd want them to be. It's got that uneasy air of so many other songs on here. Yeah, and the ringmaster suddenly turns into someone that looks like, oh, Howard DeVoto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think you're on another planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I've got to say, great production. We'll talk about the producer after we hear it. The great beautician in the sky. Hey. 
for sure. They're not stuck on a time signature. Bless them. It's great. <laughs> yes. Uh, so who the, was the producer? If I'd done some more research, I could be telling you, but... Um, you've only I'm, had four weeks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we can't expect too much. No. John sure. Leckie. John Leckie. He's done oh, a yeah. lot of stuff. He did the Benz, Radiohead. Yeah. Oh, and so many records. Yeah. You'd be here for You'd be here for weeks. Yeah. All right, the light pours out of me. One of my favourites, actually. God, my favourite thing on here. Is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I love this. Yeah, I love the bass line at the start and the gradual build it has and its trembling, exultant vibe. It's just, it's just something perfect about it, I think. Barry um, Adamson, that menacing start again. It's also another example of here are all the ingredients, all the bits, they seem strange, and then you've got that moment. Everything comes together and lines up. Yeah. And yep. you've got a fully formed thing in the middle. God, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, great. Brooding. Yeah. This is the other fossil that's left in magazine's debut album from the Pete Shelley Association, co-written Howard Photo, Peter Shelley, and the great guitarist John Lucas.
the light pours out of me. There's always something a little, well, frequently something a little extra at the end or in the middle. And not just your standard middle eight where a tune goes somewhere else. It's a bit like what the Headless Chickens managed to do. You've got a tune and it goes along in this direction and then it goes over a hill. You've got a completely different vista. It goes in different directions <laughs> and places you weren't expecting and they're always good. Yeah, great. I really wonder what tension between Devoto and Shelley lead to such great things because they are some of the standout things aren't they for me they are anyway there was something special going on between those dudes i wonder if it was another one of those scenarios where you had two band leaders it never works for long does it when they're in buzzcocks i mean yeah two pretty creative cats i'm glad they split yeah i really am because we got magazine and we got the buzzcocks and Buzzcock, Steve Diggle wrote half the songs in Buzzcocks anyway. He's underrated. Everyone thinks of Pete Shelley, but some of their best songs were written by the other dude. Yeah. And it was completely different directions because the Buzzcocks would never, ever have done anything like their la the last tune on the album would go out with Parade, would they? No, that's true. I mean, if I was faced with both bands playing in a, a town on an, e on an evening, I would go and see Buzzcocks. Okay. Not because I don't like this record, but because the sort of undercurrent of unpleasantness would not be so much what I was looking for. Sometimes the, the more snarly, slightly superior, obsessional, those sort of aspects of magazine things I have to be in the mood for, personally. I disagree. I'd go and see magazine because you'd get a far more varied exposition and as part of that degustation of wonder... You will get stuff that sounds like the Buzzcocks. And That's was true. the Buzzcocks. They do shot by both sides. I just blur my eyes a little and go, oh, yeah, it's Buzzcocks. Fair enough. We could meet up after these two gigs and compare notes, too. I think we could. The Weekend Variety Wireless. Anything else you want to add about magazine, real life, or the band itself? Just that it's a blindingly diverse and distinctive debut album. It covers a lot of ground from the first song to the last. It's consistently inventive and surprising and strange. Gets into one sort of groove and then it heads off somewhere else, as you were saying. Yeah. Consequently, it's aged better than a lot of the, you know, the bands that were prepared to go blam, blam, blam that um, Devoto yeah. was talking about earlier on. Yeah, true. And we've got to remember that that was probably a very, very valid thing to say from his position at that time. Th there was only Wire really doing something else like this and there were a lot of other blam, blam, blammy things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which I like as well. Yeah, the yeah. Blam, blam, blammy things that are right up my street also. Yeah, but he's. But, um, we're talking about living in Manchester, which is the factory for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> if you like ice cream, you don't want to work in an ice cream factory. That's true. No. Oh, just speaking of Manchester, you would have seen 24-Hour Party People, eh? The movie yeah. about factory records. Yeah, well, Howard shows up. Yeah. He? Playing a janitor. In a scene where the person acting as Howard is shagging Tony Wilson's missus in a public toilet somewhere. That's right. Do you and, remember that? And he looks at the camera and goes, I definitely don't remember this happening. <laughs> yes. Which is nicely ambiguous, isn't it? It is. It didn't happen, or I just am not prepared to say it happened, or who knows? I don't remember it happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Okay. Uh, Parade is not a Howard DeVoto or Pete Shelley song. Barry Adamson... And Dave Formula, who we should say something about because he's a tremendous keyboardist. Yep. Um, how we use the different instruments, 
to colour things. You yeah. notice every now and again in real life and in a magazine, the piano chimes through just yeah. right. Yeah, 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 which it does on this song, eh? Yeah. It fades in on some pretty gentle sort of piano and then and then laid over the top by the same geezer, you've got this queasy seasick sounding synth from Dave Fuller. Soon after, he was an inventive character. He didn't reach for the same sounds that somebody else would have reached for in the, in the same situation, I think. You know, these unexpected uses colours, like you say. Yeah. Okay, this has been fun, and we'll look at another album from 78 when we get around to it, probably next week, eh? Yep, sounds good. Okay. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Must not be frail, we must watch.